Of course, I go by the name of the kid. Famous Swell. This here is the Tim and Sid Show. You are now tuned in. Coast to coast. Entertaining the masses. Sports entertainment. Yeah. It's about to get started. Sit back. Enjoy the show. In five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. This is Tim Nosid for Thursday, November 26, 2020. Donovan Bennett is in for the vacationing Sid Sixero, which in a lockdown ain't what it used to be, but what is here in 2020. Uh, I think he's glad that he's away today. And let me explain why. Hmm. This is turning out to be Western Thursday here on the show. Like... <clears throat> University of Western Ontario overrepresented on today's show, to say the least. And Donovan, to be honest with you, I'm not sure how I feel about it. What do you mean? What do you mean? You know What's what I mean. The Western. Well, with I don't that, even know what the name of the school is anymore. What's the school name? Block letters. Is it Western Ontario? Is it Western University? What is it? Can ask every one of our guests because they all went there. Yeah, but they all went there when it was the University of Western Ontario. Now it's Western University, but it will always be the University of Western Ontario for me. Go Stangs. Uh, Nick Bontis played soccer at Western. Donovan Bennett Jim. played football at Western. Jim. Dan Schulman broadcasted from Western. Elliot Friedman dropped out from Western. <laughs> Yeah, I think this. we need to make this a trend. Look at all the really? accomplished people be a that came out show. of London, Ontario, grads of the Western University. <laughs> the hell with old McMaster. The hell with OAC. The hell with all the colleges, including varsity. And if the sons of beeps don't like this purple sass, then lick the royal beeps tail and kick his beep ass. Woo! Let's go. A little fight song for you. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I didn't know the fight song for like the first two and a half years that I was there. I, I, I still don't know it. I probably got most win. of the lyrics wrong. Ooh. Um, I mean, oh. that's not oh. nice. I mean, no, that's not nice at all. Not nice at all. Uh, for those who don't know, too, uh, I feel like I can do this because two of my brothers went to Western. Yeah. Uh, my wife went to Western. Yeah. My co-host today went to Western. Uh, yeah. I used to do play-by-play with a guy from Western, and then they replaced him with the guy from Mac, but then a guy from Western replaced him when DJ stepped in. It was just, I was surrounded by by Western people, and to be honest, I'm not really that guy. Don't let let that jealousy (laughs) and that envy take over, okay? Right, right. Listen, if if you could have got in, you would have joined us. Oh, I could have got in. With ease, son. Oh, please. What I couldn't get into was Ryerson's RTA, so I went to Carleton, where the K stands for quality. <clears throat> unless... Well, it worked out. It worked out. And, you unless know? you're talking about the basketball team. Then, my friend, then, my friend, come talk to me. Uh, listen, we'll talk to all of these Western guests. Uh, Nick Bontis, who's taking over as the head of Canada Soccer, that's an interesting job. Is it a kamikaze mission, or is it a ridiculous place of growth given what canadian soccer could be on the verge of elliot friedman hockey night in canada dan shulman obviously baseball and have you been watching any of this college basketball over the last little while because it's been a there's been a plethora if you are into college basketball you my friend could have watched a lot in the last couple days um i have not 
because no. uh, no, I have not. I've just been watching some some box scores, some push alerts, my my Sportsnet app uh, to see how the Canucks uh, are doing. I, I feel hear like I feel you like haven't been watching the Bad Boy Mowers crossover classic. <laughs> I have no? not. I okay. Have not. I just... No, and nor would I know if you just made that up. If that if, if that was <laughs> actually real. a thing, it's real. <laughs> Na- it's really name real. that early season NCAA <laughs> tournament. It should be yes. a game. Yes. Uh, right now we've got uh, Northern Iowa, and uh, who are they playing here? I don't even know who they're playing. I can't even figure it out. Uh, at the Bad Boy Mowers crossover classic. So if you yeah, want it, it's I, out there. I, listen, I'm not going to act like if they get to the tournament at the end, I won't be paying attention, but I'm not going to be paying attention now to the tournament. That was one of my favorite, that was one of my favorite things back in the day. I'm going to be honest with you. Saturdays, college football, college basketball was one of my favorite things back in the day. Now with kids, it makes it really hard to do that. But I would just sit and watch for hours because I loved it. Um, but I, I want to talk about something kind of sort of similar because yes. it is – a tradition unlike any other in this country, the World Junior Hockey Tournament. This, to me, feels like our NCAA tournament. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was our Masters. You get your Jim Nance too. on for a second. When you Whatever you the, want. The tradition unlike any other. Um, well, why don't we begin there then, uh, since you yeah. took us there so smoothly, the professional that you are coming out of Carleton. Uh, why don't we begin with some hockey? Because, as you know, it was announced last night that Hockey Canada has shut it down. Shut, shut, shut it down. Um, great song, by the way. Their national junior that selection public camp. enemy. Was that your attempt? Um, at, your rapping is worse than your singing. Was did okay. you just do public enemy? Shut him down. But both public enemy and Onyx. That's how okay. versatile I am. You went, you went Onyx. Okay, okay. Based I got on it. the yeah, generation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got as you. I was trying to say. No, uh, sorry, I stopped you. The, yeah, understood. The national <laughs> junior selection camp has been shut, shut, shut down following positive yes. COVID nineteen tests. By two players. So the players, the coaches, the staff have all entered a 14-day quarantine with all activities being paused. You thought I was going to go shut, shut, shut it down. They've been paused until December 6th, which, if you're keeping score, is less than three weeks before the tournament is scheduled to start. So that leaves us with many legit questions, and one of them being why I tried to rap on national television. But mm-hmm. but what is that the actual most important question for you, the chief among them that is your biggest concern. Yeah, I I realize that there are others talking about uh, Team Canada's chances after this. I get it. Uh, I realize there are some wondering what uh, athletes as finely tuned as this will look like with two weeks of inactivity right before a major event. I get it. I know it's a huge tournament that means a lot to me and a ton of Canadians who for years have huddled around the old Philco television on Boxing Day to watch Canada kick ass and take names. Trust me, I get it. But I think as human beings, we really need to stop for a split second and think of the human element of this. Like, I heard people on national TV joking about what these kids are going to be doing. I asked the bleeping question, but it's no joke. Like, there are kids asked to stay in a single room for 14 days in Red Deer, Alberta right now, or Red Deer in English, some hours or days away from their family. I'm trying to be serious here, and I screwed up Red Deer, Alberta, and for me, I don't really like it. What's more is half of these kids are going to be cut after quarantine. 
They will get out day after their quarantine. They're going to be cut. And don't forget, these aren't professionals trading off their freedoms for millions of dollars. Like, Shane Wright will be making millions. But right now, he's a 16-year-old. If you're a parent, are you okay with your 16-year-old spending 14 days in one room? Like, think of the kids that spent time in the NHL bubble. Thomas Harley of the Stars and Canada's World Juniors team. Um, He was in the bubble for nine weeks. He played one game. Then did he go back to Dallas? His home's in Syracuse. So when he got back to Canada after the nine weeks, he would have had to quarantine for 14 days. And now another 14 days on top of that? Like... This is one of those way easier not to think about. Just say, ah, they're going to play this tournament and we're going to enjoy it. Like, they're not making millions. Harley's not making anything to play for Canada. His pro coach, 65-year-old Rick Bonus, said after the Cup, there won't be one bit of this bubble life that I'm going to miss. Harley's done it twice now, and he's not the only one. Can they opt out now? Like, could if you were a parent, would you drive to Red Deer and say, come on home, son? Like, we're done here? And if, if someone opted out, which I don't know if these kids would have the guts to do, you know there would be a stigma that would follow them around. Like, I'm just hoping that Canada and Hockey Canada are lobbying, lobbying all of their corporate sponsors for every tool necessary to make sure that these kids' mental health is a priority. Same for Canada, period. But it's just, I felt like watching some of the coverage of this, like, dear God, they're, they're going to be in one room for 14 days. Like, kids, athletic kids, and not enough people are talking about that. You mentioned the corporate sponsors. Um, th- that's why we're having this tournament, is it not? Like, we were going to bring in a U-sports team. In, in, in basically the entire country, winter U-sports shut down. But we were going to camp in some U-sports players to play one exhibition game that meant a lot to get Hockey Canada players ready to play an international tournament that, in the large scheme of things, doesn't really matter. Like, like we always have to do an appraisal on... Are we the best hockey nation of, like, the last three months? We better win the World Juniors. We better win the Spengler Cup. We better win the Olympics. Like, if, if we skipped one tournament, who would hurt? The, the players aren't getting any money. So, so who are we talking about? We're talking about the media. We're talking about corporate sponsors. We're talking about federations. Like, that's who we're playing for. We're not playing for the kids. And for the, all of you who, who are about to at me because you love this tournament so much, and you need your hockey fix. How much, how much of these junior players have you watched over the last couple of years when, when they weren't wearing red, white, and black in Canada? Pro- many of you, not many. So, so you're not dying to see them. You're going to see most of them in, in the NHL. And, and furthermore, I, I get it. Yeah, I'm sure these kids want to play. And the NCAA kids want to play. And I look at these things the exact same way. But sometimes when you're young, you don't get what you want. Sometimes when you're young, you don't know what's best for you. And Shane Wright is 16. He's not allowed to drink he's not allowed to drive he's not allowed to vote but he can risk his health so that we're entertained over the holidays uh, in a holidays where we're all making sacrifice where our christmases are all going to be 
abnormal, where, where all of our religious traditions, no matter what your faith is or non-faith, is going to be abnormal. So, so no, I, I, I wasn't really excited for this tournament, and, and I don't love it as much as you do because every time it comes on, I kind of feel a type of way about the fact that we don't celebrate our junior football players and our junior basketball players and our junior soccer players and our female junior hockey players the same way. So take this entire diatribe with a grain of salt when you, when you at me all of the anti-maskers and the, and the hockey truthers. But, but most importantly, <laughs> hockey if, if there's any time that we could press pause on this tournament that really us and the border states in the United States and Finland cares about, but nobody else does. If there was any time we could take pause on it, it would be, I don't know, when we're in a global pandemic. And if there was any time when we could ask 17, 18, 19-year-old athletes to, to not run into each other and bang their heads together for a couple months and not pay them for it, maybe it was now. Maybe it was the time when... I don't know, no one is on campus going to school, but they're on campus going to practice and film. And we've seen outbreaks all across the country. So uh, excuse me if I feel a little bit gross that amateur athletes in North America are wanting to play. And of course they do. They're competitive. If, if, if I was their age, I'd want to play too. But we make decisions all the time in life to take things out out of people's hands, even if they want them, for the greater good. And I just don't know if we needed to play this tournament this year. I know when you were referencing college football south of the border, uh, that's what you were doing. Uh, I don't know if everyone understood that you were referencing college football south of the border. Yes, it's been canceled up here. What you're talking about is NCAA. What you're talking yes. about is North America. And what you're talking about is the same thing where um, women's soccer is not being played at the very same institutions where college football is being played. And if you want to know why, just go look at the amount of money that is being thrown at these schools as a part of TV deals. And that's the one thing that you can draw to. The, the, the part of this that, like, asking kids to play hockey for our entertainment uh, during a global pandemic feels dirty to me, too. I don't... Listen... I have lobbied, I have pitched, I have gone to corporations and networks in this country to do the same thing that you're talking about with basketball and a world junior tournament in basketball and a world junior tournament in football. Literally, I have been at tables with people attempting to pitch the same thing, and I don't think it needs to be, well, look at them, why don't we get the same thing? You can just enjoy all of them and say we should do it for all of them. And so I enjoy this tournament as much as anyone else. And I still feel a little gross about what's going on. Never mind that they'll play. I hope in the bubble they'll be safe. And that's why I'm okay with it. I hope in the bubble they'll be just like the NHL and the NBA. But I also know that asking kids to quarantine for 14 days in a hotel is kind of sort of ridiculous. And I also know that from what I'm understanding – Three countries are getting on one charter plane to come over here. Good luck with that. I don't contact. know where the hell they've been. I'm assuming they'll be tested before they get on that plane. And I'm assuming that the quarantine in Canada will be 14 days. Yeah. I mean, listen, Canada plays don't December know. 26th, 27th, 29th, 31st. One of the reasons why people love this tournament is because of the tonnage of games you get in a short period of time. 
well, I mean, in, when it's a pandemic, that's actually not ideal. Uh, unlike what we saw in baseball in the NFL, you can't just like make up the schedule and move games back. Well, I mean, I suppose you could, but 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 that's not the way it's set up right now. And your exposure is that much longer. And so, uh, I, listen, I hope to your point that this tournament does happen, that that everyone is safe, and I hope, quite frankly, that Canada does win gold. But that doesn't change the fact that I don't think it was necessary. Like. Everything that we are doing right now is supposed to be allegedly essential, and I just don't know if we couldn't have paused handing well, out a, a, a gold for one year because asking teenagers who aren't being paid, many of which are, are are soon about to be paid a lot of money to play sports, I don't know if we needed to ask them to to play this year so that a bunch of people who aren't putting their their livelihoods on the line are are able to make a bunch of money off of it. Uh, don't talk about it like it's in the past tense because it hasn't happened yet. Okay, true. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this a little bit. But I want to get some other things in here because I'm also watching football as we're talking. Um, <laughs> ironically. Uh, World juniors aren't the only ones struggling because of this global pandemic. Uh, people celebrating Thanksgiving south of the border with their football. Uh, we were supposed to get a full meal of NFL games, including a main course that included the Steelers and Ravens. Instead, we're left with just the sides. Um, Baltimore and Pittsburgh's game postponed till Sunday, we think, depending on how many more positive. I mean, Pittsburgh might end up with their bye week after all. Um, Texans and Lions kick things off this afternoon. Texans get another win. Is, is Romeo Crennel about to make a return that no one saw coming? Uh, Romeo Cornell didn't see it coming, evidently. Like, shout out to little <laughs> Romeo, who didn't think he was going to get another uh, head coaching opportunity. But I don't know if this is a referendum on Romeo Cornell or an affirmation of Bill O'Brien and what he yeah. isn't. I love the fact that, um, you know, Deshaun um, uh, Watson has been bawling out. Uh, yeah. Since O'Brien uh, has left, and that his his number one title, uh, his number one receiver, uh, you know, Watkins just tweeted the fact uh, how thankful he is that he was traded for uh, basically nothing. I, I listen. I, I, I they're playing really well. They're playing inspired football on defense, and their quarterback, as I said, is is playing at at a level you know over the last month close to to nobody else. There's DeAndre Hopkins' tweet. Um, you know, for the for the radio audience, uh, thanking <laughs> thanking uh, the Arizona Cardinals for basically coming getting him uh, from Houston. Yeah, I mean, I, I, unless you're telling me Eric Bieniemy is coming to, to get that job to work with another high level quarterback, I, I think you, you you roll with with the guy who's got you back into playoff consideration. Uh, Fifteen touchdowns, zero interceptions in. Uh, his last 16 games, or excuse me, his last six games now for Deshaun Watson. Uh, he tore up the Lions, although a lot of people have been tearing up the Lions. But fi- I, I was wondering earlier this season, as DeAndre Hopkins danced on the Texans, if they were wasting Deshaun Watson's career away. But, um, and, I, and that hasn't changed. I don't know if they're going to be anywhere close anywhere soon. Uh, what they've shown over the last little while is interesting. Uh, they're three and three in their last six games. Losses coming in a, basically a monsoon to Cleveland, Green Bay, and Tennessee. Those are pretty good losses, but I don't know where they are. Do you know where they are? 
no, no, I, they're I, in no I, man's I, land. I, I, no, they're in no man's land. I, I well, you they're know, middle. No man's land is the team that they played, the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I, it was apologies to, to all our friends in the in the Windsor and Essex area who are yeah. Lions fans by proximity, because your franchise is a hot mess right now. I mean, yeah. uh, can Matt Patricia right just now. take that pencil out of his ear and just just use the eraser? Just only use the eraser and not the pencil, because everything is, is not working. How much time does he get? Jim Caldwell. If I'm Jim Caldwell, I'm like, really? I was 500 and I lost my job, and this guy is yet to get to 500. They they haven't won anything since 1991. They haven't won a playoff game since 1991. They haven't won a championship playoff. since 1957. Like, feel bad for Lions fans? They're worse than Leaf fans. They are worse off than Leaf fans. And that's saying something. Like, they haven't even got past the wild card round. In like, they haven't won a playoff game since 91, but it's not like they've been winning divisions and losing in the divisional round. It's all. They haven't gotten by. It's, it's ugly. They haven't won anything since 1957. I feel bad for Detroit fans. Um, should I feel bad for the NFC East? Because right now we're watching, ironically, on Thanksgiving Day, we're watching the Washingtonians play the Cowboys. Um, 100% real question. Does it even matter who wins the AFC East this year? The NFC East this year? Excuse me. Sorry, Buffalo fans. No. I'm picking on you. No. I mean, you might as well take whatever the first team is that doesn't make the playoffs in the AFC East and just transport them to the NFC. Because, no, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You mean to tell – you get a home date. Like, congratulations. You get 12,000 fans in a 80,000 fan stadium. Great. Um, no, like, someone needs to tank for Trevor. Someone in this division needs to lose for Lawrence. Right now right. is what they need to do. And I'm including you, Eagles fans, in that discussion because I don't know what you're going to do with, with Carson Wentz. He needs, like, uh, an intervention at this point because yeah. evidently he thinks, like, you, you get extra points for degree of difficulty and he just waits right before he's about to get hit <laughs> to, to try and pass the ball. Um, no, it doesn't matter because, right. uh, I, I mean, Washington we know doesn't have their quarterback. The Eagles are trying to find where their MVP candidate quarterback went. I'm not sure the Giants know they have theirs. And um, Dallas is, is going to be walking with a limp for a foreseeable future, and they don't, don't seem to want to sign him. So all of these teams, uh, in the short term and long term, are a bit of a mess. Uh, just underway in the second quarter right now, Dallas leading Washington 10-7 in the second and now last Thanksgiving Day game south of the border. Yes. Uh, I want to just introduce just introduce the match game today, and we may get to it a little later on because it's really good. It's tearing up the Internet, and I think there are some good answers. So all I'm going to say is, I don't know if you saw this, but we mentioned college college basketball has started south of the border. On the women's yep. side, South Carolina is ranked number one in the nation starting the season. Yesterday, they played the College of Charleston and beat them 119 to 38. I repeat, final score South Carolina, Gamecocks, 119, College of Charleston, 38. An 81 point win. Gave us an idea for a match game. I haven't seen anything so one sided since blank. We'll let you ponder that. We'll let it marinate. And maybe a little later, we will walk down that road with you. But coming up, what Blue Jay rumor is most likely to come through? Dan Shulman stops by. 
Is the January 1st start date in the NHL now just a pipe dream? Elliot Friedman stops by. And coming up next, is Canadian soccer a place for huge growth or a kamikaze mission? We'll ask the man who signed up for the job, Dr. Nick Bontis, next. And Tim and Sid, featuring Donovan Bennett on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and Sportsnet TV. Welcome back to Tim and Sid with Donovan in Sid's place. Sid is getting a week off, which he deserves, although he's probably just watching the show and cursing at us. Uh, we got a jam-packed show. Tim, this is a space where you guys have always bigged up the beautiful game, the game of soccer. We did that to memorialize Maradona yesterday, and today we do that to talk about the international game and how it's growing in our country. Yeah, I firmly believe that despite some shared uh, torture in their past, both Canada basketball and Canada soccer have some real opportunity for growth in the near future. And though there is a lot to be, uh, a lot of work to be done on both sides, tons. Our next guest has signed up to do that work for Canada soccer as he was named their new president on Saturday. Nick Bontis joins us on Tim and said, "Hey, Nick, welcome to the show." Thanks, guys, for having me. Appreciate it. Of course, you've you've had a lot of success in the education and the business world. Why why take on something so monumental as Canada soccer? Well, definitely uh, not always the best time. I mean, we're in a lockdown pandemic. Uh, you know, the legend God Maradona has passed away. Uh, registrations are down, and little kids aren't allowed uh, on the soccer field. So some might say, uh, you know, why start a presidency uh, at this point? But you know what? I take advice from Drake. Everybody knows Drake. Started from the bottom, now we're here. So I think there's only one way to go, and that's upwards. And I've got a pathway to 2026. Uh, Tim and Donovan, it's the biggest sporting event on the planet. We're going to host it, and we're going to do everything in our power uh, in the next five years to make sure the legacy stays on for soccer in Canada for decades to come. (laughs) You mentioned uh, Mr. Ovio himself, who, who now has a relationship not just with the Raptors, but, but one with Canada basketball. Um, and we've seen the growth of, of that sport, and, and to mention it, how it parallels the growth uh, with soccer. And, and parallels really, you know, who's playing the game. A, a lot of new immigrants making up uh, the national teams and, and people who were registering. And that registration has gone up uh, until, as you mentioned, it's, it's now down. But I feel like Canada basketball has maybe gotten a little bit more more press, more love for its growth, even though Canada soccer has been good and, and like basketball, has pros playing at a high level. What can you do to make sure that people understand the story of how much it's growing in this country? Sure. I mean, I think, first of all, let's look at the stats. You know, 800,000-plus registered players. Of course, these are pre-COVID numbers, but it's, it's the largest participating sport in the country by, by a long shot. You know, almost every little boy and every little girl in Canada starts playing soccer at some point in time. Of course, not all of them end up growing right through into the game, but we have our, uh, you know, selection of stars. Uh, you know, one of the biggest uh, memories that I've had in recent years is Christine Sinclair, you know, setting the record for the most international goals uh, of all time, probably a record that will never be broken. A lot of little girls still want to play soccer and, and, and look up to her. And, of course, we can't ignore what Alfonso Davies has done this past year. I mean, a, a remarkable story. 
you know, starting from, uh, you know, a refugee camp, getting picked up in Edmonton, then with the Whitecaps, and now on to arguably, you know, the best club on the planet at Bayern Munich, uh, you know, a candidate maybe for Canada's Athlete of the Year. Uh, and, you know, social media also helps Donovan. Um, Alfonso Davies has, you know, 3 million-plus followers on Instagram, and that's how the new generation is consuming sports. So um, I do believe that there are stars that we can kind of hang our hat on. You're right. It, they maybe don't get the profile that the NBA or the NFL or the NHL does, let's say, in, in, in pro circles. But we do have our stars, and obviously at Canada Soccer, we're going to do our best to promote those. Brand so new president. Up on that. Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead, Tim. No, no, I was going to reintroduce Nick Pontus, who is the uh, president of Soccer Canada. Yes, make sure that they know. I just want to follow up on that because you mentioned the registration numbers. And, and how do you cash in on the amount of, of players and young families who are tied to the game? I see your role as having two parts to obviously turn some of those players into to stars, but also to turn some of those people into fans and lovers of the game. How do you attack those two different things? Well, I think, uh, I mean, that's a great question. With regards to fans, uh, a lot of it is the way we consume the sport. I mean, I grew up in Scarborough, went to Western, as you know, Donovan. Uh, You know, when I grew up, I mean, the only soccer on TV was on Saturday mornings, right? Graham Leggett. Graham Leggett. That that was the only way. I mean, he was was a legend, and that's how we consumed football, uh, you know, 30-plus years ago. Hearts 2, Hibernian (laughs) (laughs) 1. That's right. Yeah. Well, today is entirely different, right? I mean, we, we, we obviously have our MLS clubs. Uh, you know, kudos to, to TFC that, you know, they, they lost. They got knocked out last night. But, you know, we still have Forge FC in the running. They have a massive game uh, next Tuesday in the Dominican Republic against Arcahi from Haiti. Uh, what an amazing story that is. I mean, you know, Canada Soccer was a founding partner of the CPL, the brand-new Domestic Men's Professional League. It's only two years old. And in the grand scheme of football, a two-year-old league is a baby, and we have, you know, Forge FC out of Hamilton about to win. Hopefully, they win on Tuesday, and then they enter the uh, Concacaf Champions League, which is which is a remarkable feat on and of itself. So we we do have stories to tell, Donovan, and I think that's what we need to do with the grassroots is just give them, you know, the the, the hope. That's what national teams are for, and that's what superstar players are for. It's so that four, five, six, and seven-year-old little players can look up to and say, "Hey, I want to be just like Christine Sinclair." I want to be just like Alfonso. And that, that's my job is to make sure to raise the profile of the sport at all levels. I love the example of the CPL because I think it's very important that we have domestic leagues. And we talked about that on this show almost ad nauseum. And I know that a guy like you who started at Western uh, playing the game of soccer would have had an opportunity uh, had the CPL been around when you were playing at Western. But I was also yeah. watching some of your keynote speaking earlier today, hashtag research. And... <laughs> I I love your idea that unlearning is just as important as learning. I will steal. Don't worry. I will footnote. Um, But we've got we've got a monstrous audience here on Tim and Sid. Uh, I like to think for a mainstream show, we cater to the soccer community or football fans more than most. So what's the speech to them about the future of Canadian soccer? Well, two things. I think, one, a domestic professional league is critical. You nailed it, Tim. Uh, the CPL is very important. Uh, you know, for the, for the non-soccer fan out there, we currently have eight clubs in the CPL. Uh, what your fans might not know is that last year, and you know what, Tim, this was the, probably the last formal thing I did before the lockdown, the pandemic lockdown in March. 
And that was mm-hmm. a couple weeks earlier in February in Ottawa. I was there when Atletico Madrid signed to become the eighth franchise of CPL. And for your fans, Atletico Madrid is, you know, one of the biggest brands on the planet when it comes to soccer. And here they are investing their hard-earned money in our country, in Canada. So I think they see what we have ahead of us in terms of a roadmap to 2026. So that's very important. And let me not ignore the women at all, because some of our women now are playing at some of the most prestigious clubs in Europe, at Manchester City, at Olympic Lyonnais, at Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, and our women, obviously, uh, assuming everything goes smoothly, are scheduled to play in the Olympics in Tokyo this summer, defending the chance to win a third medal in a row, which is unheard of in the history of Olympics. So uh, those two on the men's and the women's side, I think, are wonderful stories uh, that, you know, that we've got to focus on. Let's focus in on on the women's side because I do believe in both Canadian soccer and basketball. The women's program has already been there. Um, Obviously, there's money in the men's program, but do we as a nation need to leverage our women's program and success more? Yeah, we do. I mean, you know, Christine St. Clair is a global superstar, but we got to make her an even bigger star. I mean, that, that that's very important. I think we have to have domestic professional soccer, Tim, here in this country. So the NWSL is a league, obviously, uh, coming out of the U.S., similar to the MLS in that we have Canadian franchises with TFC, Montreal, and Vancouver, but we do not have a Canadian NWSL franchise. So I think, you know, uh, something that I can do, obviously, as president, alongside with my board, is to make sure to sell the concept to private investors. At the end of the day, it's private investors and corporate sponsors that have to come up to the plate, uh, to use the analogy of a different sport, uh, to invest in our women, because I think we do have a massive captive audience, and we've shown proof that our women are quite popular, not only during the Olympics, but we hosted, as you know, the Women's World Cup in 2015, which is a wild success. So on the women's side, you're right. Um, We will always invest in women's soccer in Canada. I'm proud to say, if you look at our most recent published annual report, you will notice that our expenditures for women's soccer is pretty much on par with our expenditures for men's soccer. You know, we're one of the very few countries you can imagine around the world that consistently do this, and we will continue to do it. So I want to make sure uh, that our women are ready for Tokyo. Uh, Bev Priestman, as you know, is our newly hired uh, women's head coach. And I need to work hard to get them on the field playing meaningful, competitive matches uh, before they go to Tokyo in 2021. So you, you've got a four-year term, which, which leads right into World Cup 2026. A lot of the hard work, obviously, is, is, is structural and systems and done. But what can be done between now and then to put both uh, men's and women's programs in a good spot? Well, there's a huge amount of work uh, to be done, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, we're, we're still working. FIFA's still working, obviously, on 2022 in Qatar, uh, but it's a very condensed schedule because a lot of qualifiers were delayed. Our men's program uh, is scheduled to play uh, March qualifiers for the 22 World Cup in March against uh, Cayman and Bermuda. Um, you know, we've got to keep on playing strong. John Herdman knows what the goal is, and that's to make it through, uh, through to the octagon and on to 2022. As for 26, um, people might think, oh, it's far away. It's five years away. You know, these things have a, have a way of really coming up to you really, really quickly. So uh, at the end of the day, FIFA makes the ultimate decision as to which cities in Canada will host the matches uh, in the World Cup in 26. 
Uh, obviously, we put uh, some cities in our bid project and our bid proposal, but FIFA will make the final decision. And when they do finally make that decision, it's our job to make sure that we host the world as, as only Canadians can, because, you know, for, for that whole month during that summer of 26, eyes will be on Canada and I think we're going to do an amazing job because people who come visit this country love this country. We know it's the best country on the planet, and we just got to make sure that everybody else knows it as well. Hey, Nick, uh, co-hosts, hosts, names on this show have all sat with the Voyagers. Uh, we've all believed in the growth. I have a, a soft spot for anyone who grew up playing, if I'm, if I'm correct, Scarborough Maple Leaf and Scarborough Azuri, uh, because I, too, am <laughs> right. from the area. So, listen, we're That's cheering great. for you literally and figuratively, but it also means that we got to hold you accountable, okay? A hundred percent, and I wouldn't expect any less of you, Tim, and, and your buddy Sid, when he gets on, I can't wait to spar with him. And Donovan <laughs> Weston forever, my man, Weston forever. <laughs> yes, All right, best of luck, Nick. We are cheering for you. All right, all the best. Take care. Uh, there is Nick Bontis, who has taken over for um, Canada soccer, and it, it is it is a challenge. And Victor Montagliani was there before, and I think you know Sid and I had way differing opinions on what Victor Montagliani was able to do for Canada soccer. I think he put him in a good spot. There's a, a domestic professional league. There was a women's World Cup. There is now going to be a men's World Cup, and if if Nick Bontis can keep this going, think of the growth of soccer in the United States of America over the last 15 years. Canada could do the same. Yeah, and, and think of, to me, the growth of the women's side of the game in, in yeah. the United States of America. Like, Megan Rapinoe right now is, is more popular probably than, than most, if not all, the, the international players on the men's team. I don't foresee um, that necessarily happening in the same way in Canada, but, but our women should be rock stars. And when he said keep him accountable, certainly the record's going to matter. Qualification's going to matter. What the World Cup looks like in this country is going to matter. But a big part of keeping him accountable is going to be the equal pay conversation, one that's not going to go away. Uh, so I love the fact that he went there um, uh, w with his answer. So we'll, we'll see what happens because certainly yeah. uh, those, those women, we're going to make sure that uh, they keep him accountable. And it's our job in the media to do the same. I, it was really interesting when he said that because people will look into that. Right? Yes, yeah. Well, it, it's, I, I was yeah, going to spend was, some I, time there, but yeah, it's funny. You can you can do your accounting different ways and, and come out with a different outcome. So yeah, it happened um, in the U.S. It certainly did. All right. Um, listen, a day after uh, legend Diego Maradona passed away, the tributes to the Argentinian are pouring in around the world. I know we got to go to commercial break, but. I want to show some of the pictures and tell some of the people on radio what's going on right now, especially in Argentina's capital of Buenos Aires and in Naples, where he played uh, for seven of his best years. In Buenos Aires, uh, Maradona's body lies in state at Casa Rosada, the executive office and mansion of the president. A million mourners are expected to pay their respects, where uh, large crowds have already showed up. In fact, they were there before dawn even though the visitation started just after 6 a.m., with even tensions growing between uh, police and fans as they attempted to control the crowds. Meanwhile, in Napoli, uh, the team playing a Europa League game tonight, supporters lit the streets red around the stadium before the game because they're not allowed in due to COVID restrictions. Just wonderful pictures from 
Napoli as they lit up the area surrounding Stadio Sao Paulo, which will reportedly be named in honor of Maradona. Inside the stadium, a moment of silence, and all the Napoli players were wearing Maradona's famous number 10 jersey with the name emblemized on the back though there was no Mars on the front, which was a little bit of a disappointment for me. Uh, it was a touching tribute all around and will be. Uh, three days of mourning, as is the custom in Argentina. We'll be back with more, including a match game next right here on Tim and Sid, Sportsnet Radio and TV. This is Tim and Sid across the Sportsnet Radio Network and Television Network. Still to come, uh, Elliot Friedman. Are, like, we're getting to the point, Donovan Bennett, who's in for Sid Sixero, we're getting to the point where January 1 is not going to be a possibility, right? I, I think we're past that point. <laughs> are we not? Um, yeah, no. I, I, I've been I, I surprised so. by a few things in 2020, so I don't know if I'm prepared to say that we're past that point, but you would think so. Yeah, I mean, you have you have to have both sides agree on 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 multiple things, including what this league and season is going to look like in the protocols. You got to get um, staffs ready. You got to get players into towns. They have to theoretically quarantine. Like, I mean, just do the math. Like, that's 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 not a lot of time, and we've got just over a month from January one. Uh, we'll ask Elliot Friedman. He'll join us just after the top of the hour. And Dan Schulman, uh, will any of these Jays rumors actually come to fruition? <laughs> we'll see who Danny thinks. Imagine if they don't. Like, imagine if the, this fan base is just led along for an entire offseason, and then it's just like, well, nothing. Nothing to see here. Well, you're you're uh, Mr. Negative today. What's going on? You're not no, new, you're no, not no, normally saying, this negative. I'm saying imagine. imagine I know I know what you're saying. Walking that I, road with me. Yeah, there'll be a dun 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 for sure. Like a lot of people who um, are swallowing their uh, Atkins Shapiro hate right now because it's not in fashion and it doesn't look good right now will come out of the woodwork and just pound away. Yeah, especially if they do some. Some last-minute, you know, bargain shopping yeah. to fill out the roster. Right. Uh, let's do the match game. Uh, yes. It is uh, going crazy on the interwebs right now. And I don't know if people know, but South Carolina blew out Charleston 119-38 last night. That's an 81-point victory. Well, let's go Gamecocks. <laughs> I've seen Don uh, Staley. I haven't seen anything so one-sided since blank. Once again, I haven't seen anything so one-sided since blank. Donovan, I'll allow you to bat leadoff, but if you want me to just go with Tim and Citizens now, there are plenty of answers here. I mean, I haven't seen anything so one-sided since Claire's seven-day in real-time stint on The Bachelor where Dale just just ran laps around everybody. Like, she's supposed to be having a rose ceremony. She doesn't show up. She's locked up in a room with Dale. They have to go knock on the door. He's he's getting extra time and stealing people's time. I, Dale is you, the Usain Bolt of the Bachelor process. Where remember Usain Bolt? You and Sid like need his podcast. Eight steps so in front of everybody else. Annoying and then you me saw with this nonsense. In the still photo that his shoe was oh. untied. Remember that? No, I don't. I don't remember Dale that. Dale was just 
Dale was just out here. And by the way, like I am machine writes in and says I haven't seen it. Hey. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Get your own show. I haven't seen I haven't seen anything so one sided since the OKC Thunder traded Paul George to the Clippers. See now that this is true and it's kinda sorta But I think we gotta have more fun with that, no? I mean, you can say that about a lot of Thunder trades at this point. Or a lot <laughs> yeah. of Paul George trades, quite frankly. Because yeah. I think the Pacers uh, Nathan, did okay also. Nathan writes in and says, I haven't seen anything so one-sided since Bo Jackson and Tecmo Bowl. It was unfair. It was a cheat no, it code. was unfair. <laughs> it made no sense. <laughs> it was a cheat code before a cheat code. That is correct. Uh, Fr- Fred writes in and says, I haven't seen anything so one-sided since my lousy divorce settlement. Oh, I mean, you need a better lawyer, my guy. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Agreed. Like, you can't call Did- Selino and Barnes for your for your marriage settlement. <laughs> Come on. They don't exist. Damn. Yet. Sorry. She took Daniel half, writes. Eddie. <laughs> Eddie. Uh, Daniel writes in. Says I haven't seen anything so one sided since Sid beat up the buffet table at the Mandarin. So that's on the regular. <laughs> yeah, I just find that funny. Uh, we've got a lot more. Uh, we'll get to a lot more. We're also going to get to. Elliot Friedman, who will join us to discuss what the hell's going on in the NHL and if perhaps the radio silence is a good thing or if they just haven't talked. <laughs> uh, Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman joins us. So does Dan Shulman. Who does he think fits with these Toronto Blue Jays? And could they actually swing and miss? We'll discuss it all next hour on Tim and Sid with Donovan Bennett. It's time for real sports talk with Tim McCallum and Sid Sexero. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. Donovan Bennett is in for Sid Sexero. And Donovan uh, used all of the match game time to talk about The Bachelor. Oh, my bad. So we're going to do a little bit more match game. We're also going to talk to Elliot Freeman and Dan Shulman. Um, my daughter made me the proudest dad that I have been in a while. When she, she looked at me. She'd never go on The Bachelor? She looked at me. She's eight years old for those who uh, require contact. She looked at me and said, who watches that when a promo came on for The Bachelor? And, and did it with a little bit of sass. And I thought to myself, <laughs> That's my girl. And I and then I said Donovan and DJ or Donovan and, and Sid do. Uh, that's who watches that crap. And yeah, and millions of other people. Yeah, a lot of other people. Listen, sometimes you just need to feel better about yourself by watching the miserable lives of others. I will say, though, Dale and all right, Claire all right, were tough all right, to watch. All right, They're, everyone has Elliot Freeman, Dan Shulman. Right, sorry. Coming up, um, we're going to talk maybe about uh, single game betting in Canada mm-hmm. and how it's long overdue and how people just want to start. It's always when the criminals make the money and then the governments and everyone else looks at it and says, how can we make that money? And then they start their own lottery. Never mind. I digress. Uh, let's do some match game because it's fun before Elliot Friedman joins us. Uh, and Donovan spent way too much time. I did it again. I called you Donovan. You did. I don't know why I do that, but I do it it's often. Okay. My mom's I not apologize. Uh, 
Donovan's mom once got mad at me, true story, because I kept calling him Donovan on the podcast. And I don't know why I call you Donovan. I don't know why I turn Donovan into Donovan, but I do it a lot. And I apologize for that. Sting a bee. Uh, after South Carolina blew out Charleston 119-38 in women's college basketball last night, I haven't seen anything so one-sided since blank. Once again, I haven't seen anything so one-sided since blank. Adam Terracini writes in and says, I haven't seen anything so one-sided since that time Sid Sixero failed miserably at Jeopardy in Countdown to Kickoff. Wow. Did you, uh, did you happen to catch that one? Uh, I did not. I'm not going to lie. No, oh, it, it was tough. It was, it was tough for everyone involved. And I think Sid was a little bit mad. Uh, I haven't seen anything so one-sided. Ninja writes in and said, Since my mom said we weren't doing presents for Christmas, and I was the only one who didn't buy any. Oh, that's the worst. It is the worst. the worst. Hey, if you say no presents, it means no presents. But then you get something. Yeah, that's the worst. Although, can like, I ask you? There, there's In this pandemic, there's a couple like new relationships. How new... Does the relationship have to be for you to decide, okay, I'm going to get a gift? Because people are struggling with that. I think, Is let me just say Uncle this. Timmy? If you If you break your lockdown for the new relationship, like if they're in that circle where you are in the house together, they get a present. Okay. Right? Like if, if you're willing to open your COVID doors to this significant other, then you better be willing to give them a present. Right. Because we, we all know the the guy or the or the woman who says, you know what, I'm just going to wait till after Christmas, after Valentine's Day, before I declare that we're going steady, so I save myself again. We know that person. Who says going so I'm, steady? So thank you for the declaration. Who says going steady? I do. <laughs> making it real. Steady. Put Wait, it in the Facebook you, status. Uh, it's match give, games. I'm, I'm derailing once again. Did you give Kate your letter jacket too when you guys started dating? <laughs> it would have been a western letter jacket right? <laughs> and she would have tossed it on the ground and stepped on it because she's a good queens woman uh i haven't seen anything so one-sided since blank she went to queens right yeah and and okay. and yeah western we, we we steal their girls yeah that's right all right <laughs> i haven't seen anything so one-sided since blank uh craig writes in and says anyone playing michigan <laughs> right now that is true <laughs> Tough one for the khakis John Harbaugh Yeah, if they weren't paying him so much, he'd be gone But whatever Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen anything so one-sided Since my computer would work uh, Vinny writes in and said I haven't seen anything so one-sided Since Sid got beat down by Tim Gannon And Burleson About the Hale Murray catch Which he said was lucky <laughs> this is one of my favorite takes of all time. Thank you, Vinny. Keep them coming. Uh, at Tim and Sid on Twitter. I haven't seen anything so one-sided since blank. Uh, do we have another Western person? I don't know Sir if I can Tim. call him grad alumni. There's an award named after him. The Elliot Freeman Award. There is, yeah. Did I, you I win? I did. You, that's, oh, how, that's the only reason why I know. Let me step back. You I guys can have your little Western party here. Go ahead. Shout out to CHRW. You know, kind of a big deal when there's an award named after you, right? Like, there's well, two ways you can win an award. Graduating, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> that, you're such a big deal, you didn't have to. You were, you were just said, I'm going right to the league. 
Yeah, I got to tell you, I like that way you think there, but I can't sell that one to my parents, Donovan. Like, it's not, it doesn't seem to work really well. Uh, Elliot, still at this point, like, you have your own podcast, you have your own article that, that trends on Twitter every time the column is, is, is put out, and still they're like, we need the one and a half credits? Yeah, you know, I think they'd like it. Um, to be honest, Donovan, I'm considering doing it purely for the challenge of it. Um, really? Yes. It's a Shakespearean English and algebra. <laughs> oh, algebra. algebra? The Shakespearean yeah. English. Okay. The algebra? You're in trouble, kid. Honest, honestly, honestly, the Shakespearean English is worse. And, and I'll tell you why. What? Because if it's anything like... Because I a I hate Shakespeare. I think it's boring as hell. That's number one, and number two, if it's still set up the same way as it was when I was a student there, and that was a long time ago, it's four essays and two exams. I don't know if I have the patience for that. <laughs> for those who haven't figured it out, Elliot Friedman has joined us here on Tim and Sid featuring Donovan Bennett. Did you know, Fridge, that every one of our guests today? Went to Western, including the co-host. Well, I know Donovan did. He was a superstar there. Um, Danny Shulman. Oh, Dan, yes, another superstar there. Um, and, uh, who? Who else? Doctor Nick Bontis, who is the new uh, head president of Canada Soccer, starred at Western yeah, I as covered a soccer him. player. Oh, yeah. I covered. I, I I wrote stories in the student newspaper about the soccer team when Nick played there. He was a Good, good player. And I'll tell you one thing about Nick that's good for him in that job. Uh, you know, I haven't seen him in a long time, but he was a confident guy. Like, he radiated confidence. And I think in that job, you have to. Well, he's a keynote speaker, so that would work, without a doubt. Um, it's gone quiet, Frege, in the NHL, at least in the media. Is yeah. that a good thing or a bad thing right now? Um, I, oh, it's, it's, it, it, I, I have to tell you that's not as easy a question to answer as you'd think it would be. Like, Tim, like, like I did have last week some people tell me um, that they were going to go off the radar because they thought the situation was too hot and this was not the time for a, a league player fight. You know, people don't want to hear that stuff right now. There's... I mean, look, world, life is tough right now. Nobody needs to hear about uh, the league and the players fighting each other. And I know that some people declined interviews and declined to talk to me over the past few days because they didn't want to ratchet up the rhetoric or pour gasoline on the fire. And for the most part, that has stayed the same. Um, you know, as far as I know, they haven't spoken since last Thursday. They hadn't spoken as of yesterday, and I don't know. I mean, it's U.S. Thanksgiving, but I don't know if they've spoken yet today. So as far as I know, they haven't spoken in a week. Um, I have some theories on this. Um, I think that the players feel, never mind, I think, I know the players feel very strongly that they should play under the CBA that was just signed. I think everybody's kind of sort of looking at each other and saying, okay, who's going to make the next move and when is the next move going to come? And, you know, I think the players feel like 
they don't want to negotiate against themselves. So from what I heard, they're not too eager to make any proposals. So we're kind of in a minor stalemate figuring out where this goes from here. How long can they afford that stalemate to exist? Like, you know, basketball is coming back on the 22nd. College basketball is determined to be back. They're going to hand out the Super Bowl trophy no matter what the world looks like. Is is Jan 1 off the table? Because, um, you know, from my perspective, I know things are hot, but can you afford to be out of sight, out of mind for too long in, in U.S. markets? Well, Donovan, I'm a big believer in, like, I'm just, as a person, I try to be optimistic. I don't like pessimistic people. They're gigantic downers. I don't like having them around. And I try to, like, look at life optimistically, too. And so that's the way I look at this. I refuse to believe that everybody here would blow up the season. I I, I don't believe it's going to happen. Now, do I think there are some teams that look at it and say we'd be better off financially if we didn't play yes i think there are some depending on when the vaccine rollout happens and when fans can come back in but i think the players want to play i think the commissioner wants to play i think there's owners who want to play they're worried about the long-term damage on their franchise values if they don't play i think they know they got to get a new u.s tv deal done after this year it's bad for the sport if you don't play and as you mentioned donovan everybody else going to be playing but you can't be the one league that doesn't play and never mind the nba on the 22nd their camps are supposed to start next week mm-hmm. so if the nba is and and one of the reasons this kicked up was the nba signed at cba with its players and we knew that they were going to try to start playing on the 22nd and people started saying okay well where are we so if the NBA's camps begin next week, and as we know right now, with the number of cases exploding, who knows what's going to happen. But if they begin next week and there's still no date yet for the NHL, same questions are going to come up. You know, what's our timeline here? What are we doing here? So I would suspect, if not this week because of Thanksgiving, the weekend or next week, they're going to kick up again. Because if the NBA does come back and the NHL's nowhere to be found, we're all going to be sitting here wondering what on earth are we doing? Well, let's talk a little bit about, and I, I don't want to bring it down a notch, but the, the cases are exploding and yeah. you're going to try and play a season in both the NBA and the NHL where you're doing what the NFL is doing. And I don't know if you can do the next man up as much in hockey as you do in football. Like DJ and I just had a conversation about the Canadian World Juniors quarantining in Red Deer. Yeah. And I have a feeling that story's not going away, Elliot, as much I as agree. some would like it to. And if that gets reconsidered, can is the NHL going to have to rethink even pulling off a Canadian division right now? Well, you know, I, I think that, Tim, all you can do is plan. Like, there's things you can control yeah. and there's things you can't control, right? Yeah. We can't control the spread of covid you know, we like to think we could, but, you know, like the way it's going, it's it, it's exploding. The second wave happened exactly as was predicted. Yeah. And we're also dealing with human fatigue. And so all you can do is say, we're going to try this and we'll adapt on the fly. That's all you can do. Like you guys are both big college football fans. Because there's not a ton of them here in Canada, 
and I'm a big college football fan too. Like to me, that's the thing that I'd be scared about the most. Like every week they're canceling 15 games. Um, Like that sport has been completely tormented uh, by COVID. So all I think you can do, Tim, is make your plans and make the and warn your players to be smart and be safe and tell them that if they're not, this is what's going to happen. I mean, I don't know if this is going to get off the ground, but you can't not plan for it and you can't not try. It's just not an option. While we have you, we should circle back on some of the actual, you know, league uh, issues for for teams. And Sergachev signs with the Lightning, and, and yeah. you know, by my math, yeah. uh, they're going to have some cap issues. I don't have the algebra credit that you're still trying to get, <laughs> but evidently you think you can get it. So help us figure this out. Is someone going to have to move? How are they going to make this work with the cap being flat for the foreseeable future? Yeah, they're they're going to have to make moves. Like Donovan in the NHL in the summer. You can go 10% over the cap. So the cap is 81.5. You can go up to, you know, 90 million in the, in the summer and you don't have to be cap compliant until I I think it is the the night before the regular season starts. So, you know, they, they have time. Now, what I think now this deal with Sergachev, it sounds like they kind of had this done almost right after they won the cup. They, they knew what the term was going to be. It was going to be three years. And the comparables that were there are Charlie McAvoy from, Bo- uh, from Boston, Zach Wierenski from Columbus. Like they kind of, so they've been sitting on this one for a while. They're going to have to move some guys out. I, I think they've had a couple of problems. Number one, they've asked some, I think they've asked guys who had no trade clauses. And I, I don't think those players are too eager to do it. They put Tyler Johnson on waivers. Nobody claimed them. I think the one guy they're looking at here who has a partial no trade, not a full one, is a guy they didn't want to move, and that was Alex Kalorn. But I, I think it's possible now that he's going to get moved because they're going to have no other choice. Like They're, they're going to have to make some moves, and I think they kind of know what they're going to do, but um, th- they will have to do it. There's no, there's no question about it, but they seem confident that they have a plan and I, and I would suspect, unless someone has agreed to waive their no trade that we don't know about, Kalorn's going to have to be in that plan. Mm-hmm. Who's who's the one team, Elliot, that could make some noise here? Whether it's shuffling pieces around or having the room and the assets to acquire some of these pieces. Well, I'm expecting Columbus to do something when this is over. Um, you know, Columbus has they still got to sign one of their star players, Pierre Luc Dubois. But they've also got um, uh, Gustav Nyquist is injured and had surgery. He's going to be out for a few months. Columbus has wants to be aggressive. Um, they they want to add some scoring. They've been around Granlin and Hoffman, two guys who are probably the top two scorers who are not yet signed. And those guys are waiting to kind of pick their make their choice when we know when we're going to play. Um, so Columbus is a team. I I, I definitely think. Um, could do it. But I, I think in Canada, I, I think the thing we're all waiting for is what's going to happen with Patrick Lining. Like, it's, it's clear Winnipeg has investigated this. It's clear that the player would like to move on. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that's, in terms of Canadian teams, I don't think there's a, a bigger move that could happen before the season than that one. Wow. 
So I'm going to ask you to put your predictor hat on. What is going to okay. happen with Patrick Line? I, I think they're. I think it's a really hard trade to make, Donovan. Um, you know, like, um, you know, to me, um, if I was in charge, I'd probably keep him. I'd probably say, you know, like, I think it's a really hard deal for them to make. And I just think it's a hard one to win. And I think right now, because of where we are cap-wise and situation-wise, um, you know, like, I don't know how many partners there are. And what I would say to him is if you come back and you're great, and he had a good year last year, I thought he was a really, I thought he, you know, the, him getting hurt in the playoffs was just such a, 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 a big blow to them. He was clearly trying to play through it. Um, I would just say you come up here and you continue to play great and it's only going to help us increase the market to trade you. And I don't think the market is bad because he's a bad player. I just think the market's kind of crushed because a, how much you're going to have to pay him in a year and B what it's going to cost you to trade for him. So I would work out a deal where it says, come on back, play great. And let's work. And if it works, you'll go because we'll have more of a market. I just think right now the market's really tight for them and, and Winnipeg's not getting what they want. Elliot Friedman here on Tim and Sid. One last one before we let you go, and I, I heard you kind of agree when we were talking about the World Junior story and mm-hmm. the quarantine in Red Deer, Alberta right now, which seems like 14 days, and then for those who don't know, uh, half the team will be cut, basically, or half of the players will be cut basically mm-hmm. the day they come off quarantine. Uh, I've been hearing some whispers uh, that this story might not go away. Have you been hearing some of the same things? Similar. Um, yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not there. It's always tougher when you're not there. Yeah. But when, when the whole team is going into quarantine, Tim, what does that say to you? Yeah. If there aren't more cases, they're legitimately concerned there's reason that they could have more cases. Right. Uh, we'll keep our eye on it. Uh, if you hear anything, let us know, Freach, and we always appreciate you stopping by. All right, guys. Have a great night. Even if you went to Western. <laughs> <laughs> Don't those be problems, jealous man. of greatness. <laughs> yes. All right. Just write your essays and do those dead algebra, all right? Get out of here. Right, take care. There is Elliot Friedman, a, a fellow beauty school dropout, uh, here That's on it. Tim and Sid featuring Donovan Bennett. You couldn't you couldn't pay me enough right now to do some algebra. Like are you oh, kidding, I know. kidding me? Oh. There's no there's no I, I wouldn't do Kumon math, never mind university algebra. Have I told you what I did for my mom who was upset that I didn't get my degree? No. Talk to me. Um I got my first paying job at the Score Television Network. Uh they offered me thirty thousand dollars and they gave me one of those letters, thirty thousand dollars a year. And they gave me one of those letters, and I got the letter framed, and I gave it to my mom, and I said, this is the closest thing that you're going to get to a degree. (laughs) This is my degree. I got a job in the field that that I went to school for. Yeah, she gave me a little little chuckle, and yeah, I'm good with that. You got a job in the field that you went to school for, so maybe you can raise the money a little bit, but we're good. Yes. Uh, can, I, can I just say, like, university, the point is, well, there's a couple points, right? There's some social <laughs> yeah. reasons to yeah. go. Um, yeah. But, like, the point is to, to, to get a job in your field, check, 
and then mm-hmm. to learn how to learn. Like that's kind of the right. point. And so if you get those two things, like the the paper is just decoration. I'm not telling you to yeah. drop out of school, Tim and Citizens. Your education is no. important. But look at Uncle Timmy. Look at Elliot. It's not it's not where you start. It's where you finish. Bet I on always, yourself. I do think though. I, I wish I had. I do wish I had my degree. I honestly do. I wish I had it. And I tell my kids all the time what you just said. School is to learn how to learn. Just you're proving to people that you know how to learn. Prove to finishing yourself. School. Yeah, and to yourself. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, it's time for a break. When we come back, uh, Dan Schulman. Oh, and another Western guy. Yeah. Oh, I'm surrounded by him. Shulman, who's the best for the Jays and all that stuff next right here on Tim and Sid featuring Donovan Bennett with a bunch of W's around me. And they're not wins. Tim and Sid across the Sportsnet Radio Network, Television Network. Donovan Bennett in for Sid Sixero, who will return next week when I will head out on vacation during a lockdown. Not sure what it'll look like, but I think, much like Sid, it'll involve a lot of couch. Yeah? You're going to binge? Get your binge on? Crush some yeah, shows? What you got? some documentaries that I want to see. Okay. Okay. Uh, there's some uh, some things I want to do. And is it just me or is like, like I was thinking of posting a picture on Instagram today and all I have is like throwbacks and walks through forests now. Like that's all I'm at oh, now. All the, all the photos you have? Like that's all the content <laughs> yeah, like there's what, what the hell else are you going to do now? I got nothing yeah. else. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Just throwbacks and walks through parks with my dog. Uh, speaking of my dog, uh, let's bring on Dan Shulman. One, because he was here for me when we picked up Snoop Dogg. Uh, because I believe he also has uh, some sort of doodle, and I'm talking about a breed of dog, but he joins us now regardless. Dan Shulman, how are you, Danny? Daniel? Hello, do you hear me? Yeah, we got you now. Hey, Miguel. It's too bad you missed the first comment. It was really brilliant, but I I, I can't bring myself to repeat it. (laughs) Was it something about a doodle? No, it wasn't. So I'm a former, uh, the doodle that I used to own, unfortunately, has gone oh, to doodle heaven. That was a few years ago. So, but I, well, I, was gonna, I have a chocolate lab now. Um, and I could be talked into trading her for your doodle, like sight unseen. I don't need to know anything about your doodle and I might make a trade. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I understand you. She, she's got Straight energy. Up. I think we need some future considerations in that deal just to make it easier. Yeah, yeah, you do. I mean, you know what, though? The great, the funny part was during the like, lockdown number one, no joke, I lost like seven pounds in two weeks as soon as we started because I was home all day with this dog, and I was going crazy because there was nothing to do. So between just wrestling in the house and like three legit 45-minute walks every day, I dropped seven pounds in two weeks, and that's all because of the dog. Other than that, she, she, you know, she has no value whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I Dan, love her. I love her. I do. Dan Shulman, our uh, our third guest of uh, the University of Western Ontario or Western oh. University, along with Donovan Bennett, who went to Western University. Uh, I'm just going to get to baseball because I don't know if I can deal with this with another guest. But <laughs> there's there are a lot of rumors around the Jays right now. Is that is that a good or a bad thing? 
it's a great thing because some of them are going to come true. And I don't know which ones, but, you know, if the rumors we were hearing were there's no money to spend or they don't think they're close enough to winning or they don't see value on the market, like that's not what you want to hear. So I don't know if people should assume they're going to get a Springer or a LeMahieu or somebody like that. You might be setting yourself up for a bit of a fall right there. But, you know, the rumors are, I think, encouraging. But more, more than that, even, Tim, you know, Ross Atkins was pretty open about it whenever it was a couple of weeks ago, I guess, when he yeah. said, you know, they're they're in the market. Like, they're looking for guys. And, and um, I, I think it's great. I think the time is now, and I think we talked about this a little bit before. I mean, they're not a great team yet, but the core is young and cheap. Um, and the Red Sox are down, and this looks like it could be a buyer's market this winter because not a lot of teams have money to spend. Like now, I think now is a great time to pounce, whether whether you're getting the $20 million guy or the $10 million guy or a combination or whatever, they're, they're going to go out and make themselves better this winter. Yeah, I think it's a great time to pounce specifically on pitching, which is always difficult to acquire. You can get position players uh, at any time, and they've been linked to some guys that are high level via free agency and Trevor Bauer via trade and, and Blake Snell. Um, is helping that, that front end of the rotation the biggest way they could take a jump in the AL East? I think there are two ways. One, absolutely, yes. They need to get another good starting pitcher. Um, I also think they need to help their defense. Uh, I don't think they can be a great team with the kind of defense they have now. So, you know, helping your defense makes your pitching better. Helping your pitching makes your defense better. They're connected. Um, just personally, Donovan, I don't think there, there are any legs to the Trevor Bauer thing. I don't have any inside information. I make it a, a point of mine to stay out of everybody's business all the time and you know, as you guys know, I'm diving into college hoops, like, uh, you know, imminently. So I'm, I'm knee deep in that right now. But I don't, I don't see the Bauer thing. I mean, Bauer can go a lot of different places. And, and the, the notion that the Blue Jays are going to outbid all of them, you know, if he's getting an eight-year, $240 million deal, or maybe he's going short-term. We don't know. It just seems like a long, long, long shot to me that Bauer comes here. But I, I think they need a guy who can be like a solid two or three. I agree with Ross Atkins when he said they think they can cover the innings. Like, they don't have to go out and get another uh, fifth starter, just a guy to give them innings. I think with, you know, Anthony Kay and Merriweather and Thornton and Zoik, they've got depth now, right? They've got emergency plans. Um, I think they need a number two or three starter. You know, is that Taiwan Walker? Um, is that Sonny Gray in a trade? Is that James Paxton? There are some guys out there, and I, and I think they've got to come up with one of those guys. Darren Schulman joining us here on Tim and Sid featuring Donovan Bennett. Uh, Dan, we've been seeing some pictures of a pretty trim Vladimir Guerrero Jr. from the Dominican Republic. Um, he's gone really hard this offseason in training and in the media. What do you make of all of it? I think he might have gotten a chocolate lab is what I make of all of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> that was with a lot of energy. Business. We need yeah. those showmen before and after photos, like the ones we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you ever want to verify this, you can ask Grange. Grange has a chocolate lab, too. And one time during the lockdown, we went out to the golf course and threw tennis balls around. He can verify the energy of, of, of my dog. So with that aside... Uh, what I make of it is it's incredibly encouraging news, um, really encouraging. And, and the fact that he's been so open about messing up and how much he weighed 
you know, even to say, hey, I'm working out and I'm down a bit is one thing. To say I, I weighed over 280 and now I'm 240, that's an admission on a whole other level. So I, I think we're seeing some growing up here, some maturity, some accountability, all that sort of stuff. And you know what? Everybody's different, but you'd like to think that he would look around at Soto and Acuna and Tatis and say to himself, I'm supposed to be the fourth Beatle. Like, that's my group. And he is. Not in terms of defensive value and being chiseled necessarily, that sort of thing. But he came up with the reputation and the hype of those guys, certainly in terms of the way he's supposed to swing the bat. And maybe he just got fed up with being a slightly above average major league hitter and says, I can be much more than this. So I'm really encouraged by it. Uh, It it feels to me like this is the kind of thing he's always going to have to watch. Like it's not like it's, hey, it's a winter cure and now you're – maybe it is. That would be great. But it's always probably something he's going to have to work on fairly hard. I hope it takes his bat to another level because that would take this team to another level. And then the big question, which I find fascinating, is do they give him a chance to go back to third base? Because every decision they make to me – is interconnected. If he's only a first baseman, they got to go get a third baseman. Unless they move Vigio there, then they got it, which I'm not a big fan of. Then they got to go get a second baseman. Do they get an outfielder and move Teoscar to DH and Rowdy Telez to first because Vladdy's back at third? Do they keep Bowen short? You know, you get my point. It's all interconnected, and and I'm really, really curious to see if they give him a chance to go back to third base next year. The one that I I didn't hear you say that makes me curious because Sid and I kind of had this conversation and I don't know if it was a conversation or an argument. Could Bobish go to third if they got a shortstop? I don't know. Yeah, maybe like a. It, it's interesting. Whenever I think of Bo moving off short, I think of him going second. to second. Yeah. And and I don't. I, it, it's funny. Maybe it's just because he's not a big guy and a cannon armed guy. You know what I mean? I, I think he could be a good. I think he's a major league average shortstop now, and I think he can be a good shortstop for whatever reason. And maybe I'm kind of typecasting because he's not a big guy. I think of him more as a second baseman than a third baseman. I, I think you could try him at third. I think you could put him out in center field and try him, but I don't know if you want to do that. Um, I think he could be a great second baseman because uh, his arm. It, it, again, it's not a bad arm, but it's not a Tatis arm. His arm would be you know, beyond fine at second base. And I think he would make all the plays and be a really good second baseman. I don't think they have to get a shortstop. I I think they can totally go with Bo for another year and see how it goes. If they can fill other needs, because as I'm sure you guys have discussed, there are five great shortstops who are potentially going to be free agents after next season. Um, You know, the other thing that we should mention very briefly, and, and I don't know if it's a problem or not, but you wonder if the Blue Jays might have some trouble getting a guy or two that they want because of the uncertainty over where they're going to play. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I have no idea. But let's say you're Andrelton Simmons and they offer you a one-year deal. Do you want to sign a one-year deal with a team if you don't if, if it's going to be Buffalo or Memphis or Omaha and you don't know where it's going to I don't know if you want to do that. Maybe it's fine. Maybe you want to win and you think this is a young, exciting team. But I, I think they can go out and do some stuff this year. But getting back to your point about Bo, I, I think they can try it. Um, but for whatever reason, I've always assumed if they move them off short, it's to second. 
Love how you mentioned, you know, the uncertainty and where they're going to play and, you know, uh, the experience last year. Because that's one of the thoughts that I, I had in terms of what the players had to do, but also what, what you had to do. Um, now we're going to probably see certainly a similar scenario in the NBA and potentially in the NHL where crews are calling games from all over the place, but not close to the teams that they cover. Any advice given that you and and Buck were able to do it so flawlessly on, on how that's going to play out. Um, it it it's it's. I think it's probably more complicated in baseball, to be honest with you, than it is in in basketball and hockey. You're just talking about a larger area uh, to cover. You know where the ball can go. I, I mean, you know, basketball is 94 by 50, and, and hockey is what 200 by 85, and and like the puck's always in that area, and the ball's always in that area. And the play-by-play camera is pretty much going to give you everything that you need. I think especially in basketball. Um, the, the one thing that you have to do right away, Donovan, is you have to figure out what you can't see. And then you have to figure out how to try to, to, to figure that out. And in baseball, the ones that were tough for me were stolen base sometimes. Uh, you know, if, if the camera's on the pitcher and the hitter and the, and the catcher and the runner goes – you might not know he's going until you see the catcher throw until you see the catcher come out of his crouch. So we had something called an all nine camera an overhead camera where you could sneak a peek. Um, so you want to sneak a peek at that camera and then get back to the play by play camera to see the pitch. So it's little things like that. I think there's more of that in baseball than there is in basketball and hockey. Uh, I can answer your question better next time we talk because I'm going to start doing some of it for basketball um, for ESPN in the next couple of weeks. Some of my games will be on site, but I'm starting to hear or feel that most of my games will not be on site, and I'll be calling them from various studios all over the place. So I'll know more about the basketball thing soon. But, um, you know, if, if you don't know what you don't know, then just play it safe, call the play. And, and I'm sure you guys heard me say a few times during the year, hey, sorry, guys, like, we, we couldn't see that, or we're all in this together, or thanks for bearing with us. Yeah. You know, I think people are understanding. I think people get the situation. I, I do, too. Um, before we let you go, how much college ball did you watch yesterday and today? Lots. Like, lots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I, like, I can actually say to my wife, you know, honey, West Virginia's on. I need to watch the game. Like, name me another person you've ever met who can say that with a straight face. So, um, I'm doing this for work. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and but I have to be careful, right? Like, I can't say Kansas twice in the same day by accident. I have to, you know, I have to, you know, keep keep me make it a moving target. But but I watched a lot. I the Kansas Gonzaga game today for about 32 minutes was great. And then the Zags just pulled away. Gonzaga looks loaded, man. And Kansas is pretty good, but Gonzaga looks loaded. Uh, I watched Kentucky last night because I've got them Sunday, and i got a bunch of games I'm going to watch uh, tomorrow as well. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be a really fun year. I hope it's a good year. You know, as you guys know, a big part of the appeal of college basketball is the energy and the student sections and all that. And, and we're not going to have that this year. So um, I hope that the action is still good enough that it makes for a really fun year. It looks like it's a great crop of freshman players, and it looks like it'll be a wide-open uh, run to the national championship. And I just hope that you know the teams can stay healthy and safe enough that they can get through the season. Is Marcus Carr the best Canadian? Uh, he might be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was great last year. He scored thirty. He scored thirty-five points yesterday yeah. or two days yesterday, yes. I guess it was right. I mean, he is, and it's funny because he's never gotten the publicity 
uh, that some of the others have gotten. I watched Andrew Nemhard today. He's, so he's transferred from Florida to Gonzaga. Gonzaga yeah. I don't know on what grounds he got an immediate waiver that he didn't have to sit out a year, but good for him because he played today. And their other point guard is a kid named Jalen Suggs, a freshman, is going to be a lottery pick. And the two of them are like instantly, in my mind, probably the best backcourt. Nemhard's a, uh, a really good player. But Carr is great. It's funny, playing at Pittsburgh and then at Minnesota, He's kind of played in relative anonymity, and he hasn't played on great teams. You know, Pittsburgh wasn't great when he was there. Minnesota's okay, but they're not great. So he gets overshadowed, but he's he's really, really good. I, I don't know if he's an NBA player, but uh, at the college level, he's terrific, and he, he's putting up big numbers. Yeah, I hope uh, – I, I just hope that we make it to Indianapolis and that you're yeah. continuing yeah. to call those games from all over the place because um, <laughs> you can't just move these games back like you can in, in football. And, and so uh, it'll be a little bit different. Yeah, I think everybody's going to be really flexible. You know, games games are going to get canceled, right, just like in the NFL and, you know, just whatever the game was that was supposed to be tonight, right, that's going to Sunday now. Um, it, it's going to happen throughout college basketball. And I think we're going to look up at the end of the year, guys, and, you know, Syracuse might have played 29 games and Louisville might have played 27 and Duke might have played 25. And that's just the way it's going to go. Yeah. And, yeah. and and then the committee will have to take the information that they have and and pick the best 37 at largest to go with the 31 conference champions. And there's your 68 and away you go. And, and you know, there will be some screaming and yelling about it's not fair, but a, it's a pandemic, and everybody's doing the best they can. And B, if you're yelling and screaming that you're the 37th best at large instead of the 38th best at large, you know, win, win a couple more games. It's not. It's not like the football playoff where they're they're picking four. Like they're picking 68. So you know, it's 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 hard to argue the point. But um, I, I hope they can figure this out. I think there's always a chance that they're going to move. Um, the, the tournament back if they have to. I don't think they want to, but if they get to a point where, a, you know, a massive number of teams are shut down and they just have to give everybody like a circuit break of 14 days and then resume the season, maybe it does go into, you know, later April or into May even, but I, I think they're going to try to do everything they can to have it at the normal time. All right. I don't know if you heard, but Snoop said the interview is over. Uh, he just barked and said it was done. So uh, we're right. done. Thanks, Danny. Great talking to you. All right, guys. All right. Good. Talk to you guys soon. Stay safe. You too. There is uh, Dan Schulman. Uh, when we come back on this edition of Tim and Sid, we'll close out the match game. And Donovan, Donovan and I may discuss some Thanksgiving Day tips that you may not have heard ever before. Mm-hmm. Next on Tim and Sid, featuring Donovan Bennett. Sportsnet, radio and TV. Simmons said featuring Donovan Bennett. Sixero returns on Monday. I will be gone, which might lead to a mail-it-in Friday, but we'll save that for tomorrow. Although I, I don't know if I can actually mail it in because i got to do countdown to kickoff, which always takes a lot of work. Uh, though you will have some better answers, I hope, than Sixero, at least when it comes to Jeopardy, if we do that. Not a high bar to clear, so I'll do my best. Uh, Iraq writes in as we close out the match game. And for those who didn't see it, and I don't blame me if you weren't watching U.S. women's college basketball last night, but the number one team in the nation, as Donovan pointed out, shout out Don Staley, uh, South Carolina blew out College of Charleston, which, like, the men's pro I don't know enough about the women's program. The men's program is real at the College of Charleston. Like, they make tournaments all the time. 
Anyways, the final score was 119.38. I repeat, 119 to 38. So we asked. I haven't seen anything so one-sided since blank in our match game. Uh, Iraq writes in and just says, I haven't seen anything so one-sided since Carolina put the Zamboni driver in and beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. Did you give a too soon on that? Yes. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Well, yeah, those, those points matter. Paul writes in and says, I haven't seen anything so one-sided since Nolan Ryan versus Robin Ventura. A 40-year-old reference, yet I still appreciate it. Why? Because you're a Nolan Ryan guy. Old man power? Speaking yes. of old references, Barry writes in and says... I haven't seen anything so one-sided since Brian McCabe took a ride on the Zdeno Chara ground. Do you remember when Brian McCabe took on Zdeno Chara and he just got ragdolled? It was just like... Was that while he was a Leaf? Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough show for Leaf fans today. It's tough. Yeah, it is. It is. I haven't seen anything so one-sided since Justin writes in and says, Mike Tyson versus Little Mac. True or false, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, one of the greatest video games of all time. Uh, it, w- it was very good. Um, it, it, it's not Tecmo level, but it's close. It's close. All right. Uh, Daryl writes in and says, I haven't seen anything so one-sided since the Tim and Sid on-air weigh-in. Man, right. I don't appreciate that one that much. I, I still, still, we're, we're still doing a recount. This is a little mail-in ballot action where we're not sure if the numbers were correct. I still don't know that Sid necessarily knows or understands that yeah, sometimes muscle weighs, muscle more, weighs than more than fat. Yeah, <laughs> like he did the dance as if he had won cleanly, and like that 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 was the only thing that mattered. Even though his barrel was hanging over, not that mine wasn't, but his barrel was hanging. You know what I'm talking about here, I don't do. you? Please do. tell yeah. me you do. I do. Uh, Thomas writes in and says, "I haven't seen anything so one-sided since the first time the Mighty Ducks paid Team Iceland." A great movie. Why was Iceland good in that movie? There are so many flaws in that movie. I mean, the and one of them that was that team was Iceland. Yeah, Monocle Puck was a massive. Flying V was a crock of baloney. Like, I don't Emilio know what that was. as the coach was was a problem for me. <laughs> Didn't <laughs> yeah, really right. sell the role. All right. Uh, closing out this match game, I haven't seen anything so one-sided since Matthew writes in and says... I haven't seen anything so one-sided since the Filipino diving team met gravity. That has to be brought up on this show like once every week. It's a mandate. Whether Is it it's a mandate? Sid or the or the audience. Yes, I don't think I've ever watched five consecutive shows without hearing about them. I had a closer, Donovan. He lost it. And I lost the closer on my computer, but we're working from the base. Oh, I got it. I got it. And I wanted to get it because the name was tough to pronounce. Uwes, I believe. Uwes Mirza writes in and says, I haven't seen anything so one-sided since Mark Spears saw Sid's grade 8 photo. Uh, For those who get the reference, it was literally Barrington. Like, it was one after another, after another, after another. Uh, the Barrington Levy, my favorite sound effect. Can I, can I just say, as I, again, 
uh, derail the show. Do you know what I'm getting tired of? What's that? I'm getting tired of other shows, platforms, podcasts coming in with the horns like 10 years late. It's bothering me. I was watching Sesame Street and I heard horns and I'm just like, what? what is this? Like, wh- like it has gone too far. We have created a monster. Look it up. Find me a pl- uh, a show. Find me something that wasn't a reggae dance hall that was using horns to amplify things <laughs> before the Tim and Sid Uncut podcast. I dare you. I double dare you. You yeah. can't. That's and li- now that's literally ten years ago now, the shark. right? What's yeah, that? It has jumped it. It's ten years ago now. Yeah, Did we retire it, them. You invented them, know. so I'm giving you full credit. Know. You were the just, one that brought them to the table. Just do we retire? We ruined the game is what we did. It's like Steph Curry's taking, you know, logo threes, and then everyone at their local YMCA is trying to do it. (laughs) That is similar. That is similar. Uh, Speaking of shows trying to do things, I told you before the break uh, that I had a clip about American Thanksgiving that I wanted you to hear. I don't know if this is cut or uncut. I don't know if this is just take it in and tell me what you think. But uh, this is classic morning show. We're going to get you ready for Thanksgiving. Have a listen. Let's get right to it here. Happy Thanksgiving. The chefs are all with us. And uh, we, we got the first question here, something a lot of people may be panicking about right now. Eden, the famous question, if the turkey is still frozen and you've run out of space, what do you do about it? Okay, if you run out of space, this is coming from someone who lives in a condo, don't forget your bathtub. Absolutely perfect place to defrost. Just put your turkey in there, run cold water on it every 30 30 minutes, and just let it defrost in the tub. That is epic genius. Okay, so there's there's two things there. You heard a groan in the middle of it, and then the punctuation, epic genius. I'm guessing you fall on the groan side. No, I mean, that's not epic genius. Uh, Elliot Friedman figuring out how to do algebra as a grown-ass man is epic genius. That, that's, that's nasty. Like, you know what I, where I don't want my food? In anywhere near my washroom, never mind my bathtub, okay? I, I think there, I'm going to compartmentalize my life. The food stays in and around the kitchen, and the washing of self, not defrosting right. of food, happens in the bathtub. I give, I give okay. my child a, 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 a bath in the bathtub. I don't want my turkey there. But, I don't, okay, I don't but, like, I know my people, we sometimes like to wash meat, which is very divisive. Look it up. But, but we're not putting <laughs> turkeys in the bathtub. I'm just saying we're not doing that. That's nasty. You do realize like there's a wrapping around the turkey, does not right? Matter. Like there's like no. plastic no. that is around the turkey that doesn't allow the turkey to touch the bathtub Mm-mm. and or have anything seep in. Dutty. Filthy, really, quite frankly. No, <laughs> no, right. no, no, no. Do you want to talk about seasoning the meat and or chicken? No, no, no. Wash the meat. We won't talk about seasoning. We won't walk down that road because that will get us in trouble. Uh, Back tomorrow, Stephen Brunt will talk about a fight. Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson. And we'll do countdown to kick off. But until then, kids, remember, please, please. Now wash your hands, wash your hands, and wash your hands. Washing your hands, washing your hands, washing your hands.